Welcome to the Ignite Podcast, the only healthcare marketing podcast that digs into the digital strategies and tactics that help you accelerate growth. Each week, Cardinals experts explore innovative ways to build your digital presence and attract more patients. Buckle up for another episode of Ignite. What's going on, everybody? Good morning, good evening, good night, good afternoon. Happy gardening, walking, whatever you're doing and listening to my voice. I'm sorry you have to listen to me, but I'm happy to introduce Paul Sparrow. This guy is an area managing partner, CMO, Chief Outsiders. He's going to tell us all about it. Why I'm excited about having Paul. Um, not only does he come with a ton of high-level healthcare marketing experience and that he was SVP of marketing for things like WebMD, little site we all use, but he's now running a fractional marketing department uh, for Chief Outsiders. So he gets to come in, fix all the stuff that we mess up, build the right foundation and teach us what are the things he looks at, greatest obstacles, things he likes to put in place, et cetera. So this is going to be a little change of pace because we're usually talking to the insiders. Now we're going to talk to the Chief Outsiders. So Paul, welcome to Ignite. Where do you hail from? Where do we get to see a beautiful mug from? <laughs> Uh, good afternoon, Alex. I, I live in God's country, my friend. I live in Charleston, South Carolina. God's country, I love it. Guys, if y'all was crazy, my wife's parents have never been to Charleston, lived in Atlanta for 30 years, and that is so wild to me. Charleston is one of the best cities in the country for something historical, preserved, beautiful, and the best food you'll find in the South, and I've been to Savannah. It is Tom Nuss. Paul, tell us a little bit about your history and how you got to Chief Outsiders and what you do at Chief Outsiders. Sure, you bet. So 25 years in sales and marketing, primarily healthcare and SaaS and technology within healthcare. I've got a really cool background, man. I'm blessed. I've I spent 10 years at a Fortune 50 at Johnson & Johnson. I've done a couple of startups. I've done a lot of emerging growth organizations, and I've been through a dozen mergers and acquisitions. So I've worn a lot of a lot of hats in doing that. Joined Chief Outsiders eight years ago, started out as a CMO, and eventually became a partner. And uh, today I'm on the management team, and I am an area managing partner here in the South. I love that you've been through M&A because a lot of our clients and the people that listen to this are constantly doing M&A. They're either getting acquired or they're rolling in tuckins. So you can talk all about the marketing stuff that has to go in there as well as the cultural bonding. All right, Chief Outsider. So your role, you're an area partner now. Tell us about the typical client and the obstacles you brought in. What do you brought in to do and the obstacles you initially generally see when you first land? What are the things you first tackle? It depends, all right? The reason we're brought in is because that organization is feeling some pain, typically has to do with the pain of growing their business. So their revenue engine is broken, their marketing engine is broken, their sales engine and marketing engines don't play well together. They're essentially trying to cross the chasm and they don't know how. Maybe they're entering a new marketplace, launching a new product or service. All of those scenarios, there's either a CEO who's feeling pain or he or she is having nightmares and wants to avoid the pain because they see things coming down the road and they, they know they need help. We do a lot of business in healthcare, but in full disclosure, we've worked in 70 different industries for almost 1,600 CEOs since 2009. So very deep and diverse bench of uh, growth experts. 
And what happens? Is a CMO generally in place? No, right? Or is a marketing director, they have no one in marketing? What is the general? When do you call Paul? One yeah, call, we, that's Paul. Yeah, we focus on the lower mid-market. Now, people, you know, it's funny how people classify the business world. One guy's lower mid-market is another's enterprise company. But, yeah. uh, you know, if you think of small, mid-sized businesses, uh, not so much the scrappy startups, th- those are the types of companies that we work with. They're, they're trying to grow their business. They, they want to get to the next level. Yeah. And what is the first thing you see? You said the marketing engine is broken. When you're meeting with that CEO, what do you say? For usually the most important thing you're going to tackle to start is what? Well, I need, that's a great question, Alex. I need to understand what they want to be when they grow up. What are their goals? Okay. And and what I don't ask them is, what's your five-year plan? What's your 10-year plan? I say, what's your vision for the company? Because some, some people, their vision is, look, I want a lifestyle company, but I need to get it to be more profitable. Other people's vision is, hey, we want to get to the point where we can bring in private equity investors. And others that we want to go public, it, you know, it, it varies. But the first thing is, what's your vision? What do you want to do for the company? They share that with me. And then my next question is, okay, what's what's in the way? What are the obstacles between here and there? And that's when we start really peeling the onion back and get getting real. That's when I find out what pain they're experiencing. So, you know, if it's the marketing engine, they start describing, uh, we spend a lot of money on marketing and, uh, you know, we know half of it's working. We just don't know which half. That's probably a broken marketing engine or some, some suppliers that aren't doing their job. They're not metric focused. They're not tracking. They, they don't have KPIs in place. They're not telling that business owner, here's what you're spending on this tactic. And this is what's happening. And we need to make adjustments based on what the metrics are telling us. So you start with a vision for the company. I think too often marketing directors, who the majority of the people listening to this, we just launch into patient acquisition. We're going to drive more revenue, but we don't actually, what kind of revenue, what are the service lines, markets, what's important to the business? Where does the business want to go? I think the more that we align with the business, it's not easy to do. It takes experience to to translate it, but starting with the business objective is what your boss wants you to do. Yeah, And then to start figuring out what parts of the engine need to be fixed to get there. The biggest mistake that people make is they get tactical first. If you break down a growth plan, there are three phases to an effective growth plan. There's insights. That's data. Uh, We utilize data to understand where the gaps are, where the opportunities are, where the threats are. And that's internal data and market-facing data. That's the first. Then there's the strategy. So the strategy gets built based on what the data tells you. And then what supports the strategy is the execution phase, and that requires tactics. What most business owners in the small mid-sized world end up doing is they get tactical. They go, oh, can you, come on, man. We, we've been doing this for 10 years. We know our, <laughs> we know our marketplace. We're, you know, I'm, I've been doing this. I'm, and this is, I'm, I'm the CEO of this company. We need more sales. So let's get more salespeople. I thought throw, throw a bunch of salespeople out there. And that's where you throw your money away, my friend. Yeah. And when you get tactical, you throw your money away. Be insights focused. Be strategic and then build the engine that supports it. That's where the tactics come in and measure everything. I'll I'll say this. I know you want to ask me another question, but I got to say this. This is really important to the business owners that are out there. If you're conducting marketing tactics 
And whoever is doing it, someone on your staff, an agency that's supporting you and you're paying a monthly retainer, whatever it may be, if they can't tell you definitively what the ROI for their tactics are, grab your wallet, kick them out the door and run for your life. Because marketing can be measured. And there's this strange mystique out there that it mostly comes from creative agencies that say, well, you need to have a marketing mix and uh, you can't measure everything. But we do know that if you have the right color logo and all this wrong, you you can measure everything with an ROI-based lens. And you should. You should. Do you look at like some of the more upper funnel type stuff that you think of social advertising, display, video, OTT, all that kind of fun stuff? Do you try to track that all the way down to ROI? Do you, are you okay with just some leading KPIs there like impressions reach? Or you say, guys, no, if we can't prove it, like this business is too small. It's important that you understand the tail of each tactic. You need to know, look, what's the bottom line? Why are you spending money on this stuff? Because you want more revenue. You want a higher profitability. That's why you often have a breakdown in small, mid-sized businesses where the sales guys are, are pointing at the marketing guys are going, if you just would get us some qualified leads, we could sell more. And the marketing guys are pointing at the sales guys going, if you guys could convert these leads we're sending you, we'd all be making money. Marketing and sales should coalesce. They should work well together. And, and the ROI that you track is going to tell you just how healthy that organization is. Let's get back to insights base. So you're not doing this every time, but a lot of times, are you bringing in market research firms that are going to interview like the clients, the providers, their colleagues, and come up with a brand positioning? How do you get to insights? Yeah, well, look, the key is spend your clients' money wisely. So you could create this, you know, Cadillac of, of insight gathering and spend a whole lot of money that you don't necessarily need to spend. Small, mid-sized businesses, uh, they don't have a lot of money to spend. So they're trying to be as efficient as possible. Okay. I, I, I have personally conducted thumbnail research for my clients, not hiring an agency, a, a research agency to do it. I mean, look, I can call your lost prospects. As an objective firm, Paul Sparrow with Chief Outsiders, I understand you you recently considered uh, Alex Incorporated and you decided not to buy from them. If you don't mind, I'd like to ask you a few questions. I can get everything that we possibly need to find out why we didn't convert uh, certain types of prospects. And I can also find out what your clients love and hate about you, which they rarely tell you what they hate about you unless they're beating on you about price. Yeah, because you're coming as an objective third party, you can do it yourself. So guys, you don't, you may not also need a market research firm. You go somewhere with someone like Paul, he can kind of handle that for you because he's not coming in with a bias. It depends on what you're trying to understand. Now, look, sometimes you, you do need a research firm and it just depends on what you're trying to tackle. But our approach is really, look, yeah, we don't need everything down to to the atoms and quarks and molecules and so forth. We just we just need to have a very good sense of what's going on, the good, the bad, and the ugly. And a lot of that you can get from existing data in the company. Not all companies are data centric, but most companies have data. They just haven't utilized it properly. So we start yeah. with the first thing that we do in an engagement is we even before the kickoff call, we send a list of data requests internal and external data requests 
Now, no client ever has at all, and they all feel sheepish about it, but they shouldn't. And what they have is the starting point. And then we go, okay, we have gaps here. Let's figure out how we can fill in the gaps and get the information we need without spending a bunch of coin. Yeah, so there's ways. I like that thumbnail. There's ways to get to the point without spending a ton. Talk to us about, like, so fractional CMO, a lot of people are thinking, Okay, how do I integrate Paul with the rest of my team? How long does he stay on? What does can he hire people underneath him? Yeah. What is it, what are the typical engagements? Give us a couple of examples of of when it fits best, when to call you or look for a fractional. Some people are looking for a fractional CEOs right now or CIOs, but what's the typical engagement look like? There are three different ways that you can hire chief outsiders. One is advisory, and that's what it sounds like. Coaching, mentoring, giving advice. There are no deliverables. Um, It's just, you know, uh, coaching you along the way. The second is project-based. That's really when a component of the marketing engine needs repair. For example, the digital engine isn't working as efficiently as it should. And projects are typically eh, maybe maybe 6 to 12 weeks, depending on the, the complexity of the project. Um, fractional is where they really need to move the engine forward. And fractional engagements, the average engagement utilizes about 25 to 30% of a CMO's time and lasts about six months. Can be longer, can be shorter, can be more time, can be less. But on average, that is fairly consistent. We figure that out in the discovery process, scope that out before anybody ever signs a statement of work. But in a fractional engagement, which is how we are hired most often, the sky's the limit. Sometimes the organization has existing resources and then we'll oversee those resources. Sometimes they have a director of marketing who doesn't know how to think like a CMO and we teach them how to think like a CMO. We teach them how to execute like a CMO. Sometimes they need external resources that they haven't hired before or what they're using isn't doing a good job. So we'll help them make the right decision. That, 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 again, back to the whole idea is, is that that engine gets built and can be executed. And you and I have chatted before, Alex, you've probably heard me use the analogy of we fly the plane and we repair it at the same time. But before we parachute out of the plane, we make sure that you know how to fly your plane and that we have all those controls in the cockpit that tell you what the marketing tactics are doing. And when the needle goes this way, what do you do? And when the needle goes that way, what do you do? Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty cool that if someone has a younger marketing director, it's, it's a good time to bring Paul in and you'll teach her how to think like a CMO report up, think strategically, do tuck-ins, prepare for M&A. So you don't have to hire a CMO necessarily full time. And then you're parachuting out in about six months and that marketing director now and will love everything you, you taught her and that company taught her over the last. That's cool. That's cool. I may employ that here at Cardinal. Uh, for some op stuff. You have 70-something different industries. Do you find yourself predominantly in healthcare, healthcare B2B, healthcare B2C? Do you have partners that specialize? Do you say like the vertical that we are that we have history in is less important than it just being marketing and you can help if it's B2B, B2C, tech, healthcare? Does it matter? Do you think it matters or marketing's marketing? No, it matters. I mean, we, we do business, you name it. I've never talked to a prospect where I didn't have someone who had experience in that vertical. So we do... We do more B2B than B2C, but we have a number of B2C experts, uh, technology, financial services, healthcare galore. We, you know, we check all those boxes. The important thing when it comes to marketing expertise, when it comes to a, a marketing resources, 
as a small mid-sized business, you don't want to spend 90 days teaching your fractional CMO about your business. A healthcare company with a SaaS platform. Look, I've got I've got some some of the best CPG marketers in the world. They're awesome. And they're smart enough to learn healthcare and a SaaS platform in 90 days. Why would I do that to you? you you're going to you're spending money to teach your fractional resource your business. No, I'm going to present to you yeah. a CMO candidate who comes from the healthcare world, who has been in the SaaS world, who knows all the ins and outs, and can leverage those skills to get out to a, get out of the blocks really quickly on behalf of our clients. So that's really yeah, important with this marketing discipline. Industry matters, baby. When you're looking at marketing for this upcoming year, what are you excited about? What are you nervous about? Do you think TikTok is going to start taking over? Chat GPT gets rid of Google, eliminates Google's need like that has me. What do you see? More of the same? The vehicles don't concern me. You know, what, what concerns me is what concerns clients and prospects. And the biggest concern on most people's plate right now is what's going on with the economy. We are, we are heading in the U.S. economy and the global economy is not heading in a good direction. Inflation yeah. is pounding away and the Fed is making some bad decisions about how to impact that. And that's having an impact on everybody. The big question is, how do I grow my business in the midst of economic challenges? And uh, I happen to know quite a bit about that and actually run a workshop for my clients and for CEO groups on how to do that. Tell us more. How do they find that? What is it? Is it a workshop done online or we got to come to Charleston? Don't twist my toes. Just no, no, I'll, I'll get on the plane and fly to you. But okay. um, essentially what I teach them is using their company's data revenue. There are two data sets. One is a lagging indicator and one is a leading indicator. The lagging indicator tells you what economic phase your business is in today. And your, your business is in one of four phases. You're either uh, in a recession you're emerging from a recession and going into emerging growth, you're in accelerated growth or you're in decelerated growth heading towards a recession. You're in one of those four. So the lagging indicator will tell you exactly what phase you're currently in. And then the leading indicator tells you what direction you're moving towards. And when you have those two data sets, they're easy. You you can literally put about three to five years worth of data together. It'll take you about 30 minutes to an hour to plug it all together. And then every month you just roll in the new data set and it's golden. I mean, it tells you exactly what direction you're going in and helps you understand when to invest and when to tighten the belt. And when, when I talk about this conceptually, most business owners, I know what business phase I'm in. And I get, All right, for a steak dinner, let's shake. You put the data together and I'm going to shake. You don't know what business phase you're in. And I more often than not win that bet. This conversation's got me wondering if I know my market, my clients, my colleagues, and what phase of business I'm in. So it's interesting, Paul, you said, I don't care about the vehicles. I'm more interested in market. So let's talk about it. The economy is to be a little more insulated here in the Southeast uh, in God's country, but still we're headed for a serious, serious boo-boo here later this year. What are you telling your clients to do with marketing? Like you have to... uh, be really ROI centric. This is not the time for exploration, creative testing. This is like the time to do more of what works. Do you even know what works? Like, what do you, so we come out of it, you're going to tell them, advise them on how to market through a recession. What are you telling them? Yeah. Well, the most important thing is understanding where you are 
and what direction you're going in. So if your business is in a, a growth mode, that's time to invest. Okay. If that's not the time to tighten the belt. If you're in a, if you're receding, all right. Well, that's time to tighten things up a little bit. So if your business is, is in a, in a slowing growth mode, yeah. not in a recession, but in a slowing growth mode, not in a business recession, there are different strategies that you can, can put into play. For example, uh, attrition. Don't fill vacant jobs. When people leave, tighten the belt and don't do that. If you get, find yourself in a recession, you, you definitely, if you're a manufacturing company, you don't want to pay overtime. Never pay overtime when your business is in a recession. And people say, wait, what do you mean? We have to work around the clock. Don't pay overtime. It's time and a half. Tighten the belt. There's a time to invest in aggressive marketing, and there's a time to be judicious about what you invest in marketing. It's like a little irrespective of the economy. You're looking at the business phase. We're in slowing growth. We grew like crazy the last few years, and now we're trying to catch up to slowing growth. It sounds like, I mean, give me the secret sauce. Slowing growth means you can continue to invest, but probably invest a lot less than the crazy one way in hyper growth mode, but don't conserve right now because we have some good momentum, right? Yeah. Slowing growth is never a time to, to launch into new markets that you've never, you've never done business in before. Okay. That's an uncharted territory. It, it can be risky. I, I need a lot more information. Yeah. Uh, in general, it can be risky to launch new products and services unless... You know, you know, you're in a marketplace. You've got the research. You know that the uptake will be good. That it's, you know, that it's a, a, a force multiplier type of offering into the marketplace. But you have to be smart about your strategic moves depending on what growth phase you're in. There's no easy, I mean, that's a great game in business. That's why we love, that's why we wake up invigorated every morning. Not only are we in business, but we're in marketing, which is like, you know, job security. Paul, final words for marketers or CEOs out there that you want them to know this year, this crazy year. Hey, listen, if there's one thing left, you want marketers or CEOs to know that you usually encounter and you say, oh my God, please stop doing this. This is not the time for that. Is there anything that comes to mind of the most major hiccup that you come across? Yeah, I, I would say stop making emotional decisions, okay? All of you, decisions. You, you should make decisions based on facts, insights, data, uh, you know, oh, come on, Paul, I've been running this business 10 years. I know my business. I know my customers. I know my marketplace. Okay, the economy's a little crazy, but I know what, know what, what we need. No, you don't. Now, you, you, you may be brilliant, okay, and, you, and, and your instincts may be wonderful, you know, but there are only a handful of idiot savants out there, right? We, we, data helps. Information is critical. And take the time to digest it. And understand what it's saying to you because a smart business owner becomes brilliant when they have the right data sets in front of them. Yeah. You can't lose. I feel bad. Like I make every decision emotionally here. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I, we've got Salesforce. I look at the numbers, but then I'm like, I don't know what how that lead really came in. Let's increase everything. Guys, y'all heard it from Paul. Look at the data. Everything ROI has got to be tracked all the way down. It's fine to do upper funnel stuff. It's fine to explore. This is not the year for screwing around. Everything tracked. If your agency can't do it, your internal team can't do it, throw them out. Call Paul, and he's going to come in and measure to the business objective and vision. Stop going right to tactics. 
understand what the vision is and start running your marketing department like it's a business, like it needs a business result. That's what your partners want to see you doing. Paul, how do they find you? What's the best way? I know you're on LinkedIn. I know you're a chief outsider, but how do you prefer people come across you? Oh, I'm, I'm easily reached on email, Sparrow, like the bird, S-P-A-R-R-O-W, Sparrow at chiefoutsiders.com. Uh, you can send me a text or you can give me a phone call. Really? God, it's crazy. From one cardinal to a sparrow, I appreciate we are just one flew south from you. So I appreciate this conversation. Paul, this is really fun, guys. Paul has been really generous with me, even outside of this conversation. He will advise you. He just wants your business to improve. He's super rich and semi-retired, so he doesn't need the money. He doesn't need engagement out of everything. So he loves. He wants to give advice on how you should run your business. Go reach out to him, Paul Sparrow, Chief Outsiders. You'll find him on LinkedIn or through their website. So, Paul, thank you for joining us on Ignite. Thanks for listening to this episode of Ignite. Interested in keeping up with the latest trends in healthcare marketing? Subscribe to our podcast and leave a rating and review. For more healthcare marketing tips, visit our blog at cardinaldigitalmarketing.com.